45 metres back. Bernard Foley's got the lead. It's got the legs, the distance. Hello and welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby and welcome to the second ever episode of The Wind-Up, our preview series for the Super Rugby Pacific season. And I'm your host, Ando. With me are Mitch and Lockie. And we are excited to get into what is going to be a fantastic week of rugby down in Melbourne for the Super Round. But before we get going, we do want to quickly just give an update for the tipping competition. We neglected to mention it on Sunday. And congratulations to the Italian national team named Seb V, who's currently at the top of the ladder alongside Tyrone and Nick W which with the team name Wilson's Warriors. Now we did actually include the fourth placed person on this list because he's a pod favorite Hugh Tyndall with the team name Tar Tough. So congratulations everybody. Um, we won't ask Mitch about his position on the overall rankings. Turns out I'm doing better than him and I forgot to put my tips in. Ooh. Mitch. Well, that's a nice little shout out for everyone. The round one has officially been run and done, but if you do want to get involved in the tipping, you still can. It's not too late. Um, I put my tips in last week and I got worse overall score than Ando who didn't put his tips in at all. So you still have time to catch up to those leading the competition. So if you are interested in joining us, there's still time, there's still opportunity. Um, go to our link tree on our social platforms and you should be able to find the code or the invite that way. Um, we've also got it, I believe, pinned on our X profile as well at the top. So if you go onto X and uh, you should find the link to join us that way as well. So make sure you get involved. We've currently got 194 people involved in the overall competition. We'd love to get as many as we possibly can and get our uh, pick and drive community up the top of the uh, Super Rugby Pacific overall tipping platform. All right, so one last thing that we're going to quickly say before we get into the matches is for the round three matchup between the Waratahs and the Highlanders, we do have a discount code available for you, which will enable you to snag gold seating tickets at Allianz Stadium for only $20. All you have to do is when you're at the Ticketek website, use the code PICK before you then go through and it will give you the $20 seat. So make sure you get involved and come along. It's going to be great to support our team at home. Now, the first round of Super Round will actually be the Highlanders versus the Blues. Now, the Highlanders are welcoming welcoming back All Black Ethan DeGroote, who has had another uh, week's rest from the off-season, just recovering from an injury there. Whilst the Blues are welcoming back some pretty significant players in Offa Tungafasi and Akira Yuani. So... Let's just jump across to Lockie here. It's, it's going to be a pretty tasty, tasty matchup considering the Highlanders were the form team of the preseason competition. Yeah, nothing like a preseason champion. Hello, everyone. Lots of All Blacks back in the mix for an All Kiwi affair to kick off Super Round. Very excited to see the matchups in the back three between these sides. Obviously, we've got uh, the Yuanis back into action. But look, Caleb Clark, Mark Talia and Zan Sullivan coming up against Nareki, Tavatavanawai and Raitamadavuki Neepkins is delicious stuff. So expect a high-scoring game, plenty of flair, plenty of running footy to kick off Super Round in Melbourne. Incredibly exciting. And let's just quickly run through this. Mitch, who's your pick for this win and by how much? I'm going to go with the Blues. I just think the Highlanders, although they got the win last week, they weren't convincingly uh, comfortable against Moana Pacifica. Yes, they did win the preseason, but they didn't necessarily <laughs> carry that form across into opening round. So we saw what the Blues did in their opening round against the Drua, and we kind of, I guess, at this point in time, can 
expect a similar performance from the Drua and Moana early on in this in um, this part of the competition. So I just think the Blues are going to come out with a, a point to prove. They went down to they went down to the Brumbies last year as an upset at Super Round, so they want to make sure that they get the early chockies this weekend. I expect them to push the Highlanders well and truly into the dirt. So I, I wouldn't be, I'm going to go with the Blues by at least 14 points. At least 14 points, Lockie. I've got the Blues by four. I reckon it'll be high scoring. They'll both get over the chalk at least three or four times. Gus Gardner's running the show, so should be expecting a free-flowing game. And oh, I've actually Gardner's put my... referring. It's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, three points in one in one favour then, yeah. I um, have put my <laughs> tips in for this match, and for me, I've actually put in Blues by 14. So that's my pick for the game, and we move Ooh. into match two, which is hey. the Rebels versus the Force. Now, the Force are under a massive injury cloud. So they've lost Isaac Rodder for the first half of the season. In welcome news, their uh, new captain, Jeremy Williams, has been listed to start and um, coming back from concussion issues over the last couple of weeks. They've also lost Marley Pierce as well for four weeks due to suspension for that head-high clash. They are struggling at this point. But they're also coming up against the Rebels, who Tim Horan in the, um, what was it, the Monday night, sh- who was it, where was he that was saying it, the Tuesday night show, I think that they do on Stan, labelled their forward performance as kind of insipid, as weak, as not what they are capable of. So, Lockie, what are you seeing from this match with the Rebels and the Force? Well, if they were called soft last week, I don't think you can accuse the lineup of being that this time around. The Rebels have gone big. They've gone Taniella Tupo back into the starting row, Alex Murphy back into the starting front row to try and fix up those line-out issues on the throw. When you look at the back line, bang, in comes Matty Proctor, the all-black. So they are looking stacked, the Rebels. Everything to prove coming into this one at home on the Friday night. So I am expecting them to bounce back. On the four side, you're right, they're looking pretty light on in the front row. Without Marley Pierce, they've had to call up Ryan Coxon, who only two weeks ago was playing for the Crusaders in a preseason trial. So go figure there, Cronny. Thanks for your Canterbury connections. And we're expecting big <laughs> things, though, from Jeremy Williams coming back into the fold. We thought we might miss him out, but the new four skipper is back. He's been named in the row alongside Thomas Franklin in an otherwise fairly steady side through the back line there. So it's going to be an interesting game. A lot of emotion in this one, I think, with two sides and both of them with plenty to prove, Mitch. Yeah, my heart says one thing, my mind says another. I think I'd love to see the Rebels get up and uh, and really trouble the force and get a good win at home for the, the Melbourne faithful for Super Round. Like that's a, If there is uh, a competition round this year to, to put a statement in, it's at Super Round when the whole world is watching Melbourne to see how the Rebels perform. So my heart says the Rebels, my mind says the Force, purely based on last week's performance. But as you rightly highlighted there, Lockie, uh, the two biggest issues for the Rebels last week was their forward pack uh, and their line-out woes. Uh, with that, with, they've made some changes to their starting 15 that I think is going to rectify a lot of those issues. So I'm going to go with the Rebels again this week. So I'll say the Rebels, but it's not going to be by much. I'll say three. Yep, completely fair enough. For me, the set-piece worries for the Force were their undoing last week, and I think it's going to be the same again this week. And I don't think the Rebels are going to play, are going to play that poorly two weeks in a row and don't have any major injury concerns either, either. So I'm actually picking the Rebels, and I'm going to go by about 7 to 10 points on my mind. So 
Moana versus the Fijian Drua, which is starting at 5 p.m. on Saturday, the first of the Saturday matches in our Super Round. And this is a pretty interesting matchup. Obviously, we've got the kind of two Pacifica teams, and it's going to be wonderful to see them going at each other, two of the best attacking rugby teams, just full of excitement. Now, the Moana... Pacifica have lost their captain, um, James Lay. He's going to be miss- missing the match due to injury. So they've called up um, Sione Havili Talatui, who was former Tonga international and crusader, who's actually going to be captaining them in his debut for the club, which is pretty massive. We're also seeing Christian Leliofano and Sakopi Kepu come back onto the uh, bench for Moana, which is excellent. Great to see a couple of kind of Aussies um famous wallabies coming back into the super rugby sphere mitch this is going to be a pretty exciting matchup yeah the battle of the pacific is is happening at super round this year my one of us drew we've seen the last few seasons when these two teams go at each other uh not only is it just a great clash of culture but it's just a great sort of pride of the pacific and both teams really want to get the chockies but also um i just love love the fact that they can be in this competition and play against each other i really think that uh, the Drua probably have a little bit more to prove than Moana at this point in the season, even though Moana have sort of trialed against the Kiwi sides and have kind of shown what they can do. I think the Drua uh, are a little bit un... We haven't seen a lot from them this season so far, so um, I, I'm going to go with the Drua. Okay, and Lockie? Oh, my heart's going with Moana this time. I don't think that uh, the men from the Pacifica team have actually beaten the Drua in the past two seasons of Super Rugby Pacific. So I feel like this is the right time. And Julian Savia, he's there. He's sitting on 60 tries. He's ready to break a record in his new team colours. Nigel R. Wong was looking fantastic on the wing for Moana Pacifica. And you're right, even though they're missing Miracle Fire Lungi on the side of the scrum there, um, having Havili Talatu coming into the fold is a huge in for Moana. So expecting big matchups in the pack. He'll go toe-to-toe with Mary Darren Alangi, the captain over there. That's going to be a cracking battle. And uh, as we mentioned last week, Armstrong Ravula at fly half, going to be a fantastic player in the future. Let's see if he picks up in a big game and feed the likes of Ravel Tamanda, Yusefa Masi, and Apelli Momo out wide. So much talent in these teams. I'm going to go Moana, but just by a sliver. Three points. Yeah, well said. For me, I love Miracle Firelungi. He's one of my favourite players from the 2023 season. And his absence just hurts my heart. And because of that, I have to pick the Indrua. And I'll go by about one score, seven points. Now, we move into the Crusaders versus the Waratahs at 7.35. So... I mean, this is going to be a pretty hard matchup. Um, hopefully, everybody's heard the news now, but Lalakai Fakedi has been cleared of any major spinal injuries as a result of the incident that happened in training before round one, and that is absolutely wonderful. So happy for him and his family, wife and kids. Like, it's just wonderful that he doesn't have any lasting injuries from that. And we'll see what his recovery process is like and whether or not we'll see him back in the next, I don't know, couple of weeks or if it takes a bit longer. But whatever time he needs, um, he should take without a shadow of a doubt. Now, getting actually into the match, Izzy Parisi has also uh, been forced to miss the match, this time with concussion injuries, for Mitch, a tackle that didn't even get picked up as a body penalty. Crazy, crazy. If anyone's listened to the podcast that we released on Sunday night or early Monday morning, uh, they'll know that this was something that I was talking about. Lockie didn't have think there was any weight to it as a red-blooded Queensland fan. But the fact that nothing has been, been like no sanction, no nothing brought up from it is just criminal. 
Completely agreed. It's just good to know that Lockie can be completely impartial within the yarns that he writes and an absolute redneck when it comes to the actual matches. <laughs> How you can claim that's play on yeah, is an absolute joke. But anyway, getting to the actual match. Um, the Crusaders are going to be coming to this game as heavy, heavy favourites. Obviously, they'll be disappointed with the first round loss, 33-29, to 29, against the Chiefs. They do have Tamayuti Williams um, and Rivers Rahana, who have been ruled out because of hammy and shoulder injuries, respectively. But they do have Fletcher Newell, who's come back into the squad from injury, and Taha Kamara will be starting at number 10. Maki Nwanganitawase is also maybe in doubt due to a hamstring niggle. So, Lockie, considering those ins and outs, do you really see anything other than a Crusaders victory here? It's hard to imagine the Tars getting up, but there is a chance they're looking at the Crusaders' halves. Obviously, losing Rives Rehana, he's come across from the Chiefs in the offseason, put in a pretty good shift at fly half until he was forced off with that injury against the Chiefs. So Taha Kamara comes in, partners Noah Hotham. Together, they were the under-20 All Blacks halves pairing at the championship last year. So there is a combination that's building there, but it is young. It is an experience, so that's where I'd be targeting if I was a tar, sending some big runners their way. Um, but, gee, being Fletcher Newell and All Black in for Tymony Williams and All Black, and your backup tight head is Owen Franks. I mean, really, their stocks are pretty good at the Crusaders. And then drawing on the likes of Dallas McLeod, Ryan Crotty, Christian Leo Willie on the bench, this is still a stacked team, and I'm expecting the Crusaders to get up here. Yeah, completely agreed. Mitch, I mean, it's hard for us to say. Hard for us to say, but I really can't see the Waratahs getting up here despite the fact my heart wants them to. Are you in the same boat? Yeah, I just looking at the team that Darren Coleman's gone with this week, it's lacking punch uh, across the park. The starting team is less than ideal for uh, the best side or the best 15 that the Waratahs can put out. Uh, we're still missing Dave Parecki. We haven't seen him. Hugh Sinclair comes into the five jersey. I've not been overly impressed with his performance at, in the second row in the past few seasons. But then when you go into the back row, uh, to the, the finishes for the Waratahs, outside of Ned Hannigan, who's just an absolute beast and probably can beat the Crusaders by himself, outside of him on the back in the, in the finishes, there's 10 super rugby caps across the rest of the players. Like it's a very, very inexperienced side. And if we yep. get one or two injuries, particularly key injuries, we're bringing on rookies into first the penultimate champions of Super Rugby Pacific who were just coming off a loss against the Chris, uh, the Chiefs who we know when they do come off those losses, not only are they just they're, they're angry about losing the opening round, they've also got the new coach, Rob Penny, who was sacked halfway through a season by the Waratahs. So he's got a point to prove as well. Like I can't see this being less than a 50-0 score to the Crusaders. That's what's on the cards at the moment. Oh, God, it's what, not 2019. Was that our shocker year? 2019, where we lost everybody game? Yes. Or 2020? Oh, who even knows? <laughs> 2019. All right, let's and get into the two matches. If you want something to throw in there as well, yep. just a final in for the Crusaders. Um, uh, Ryan Crotty yep. starts again. Mm -hmm. And no, on the bench, and who do they bring in? David Havili, back to 12. No worries. Yep. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, let's get into our two matches I, I, of the round. If I have to actually tip it, I would say I'd say the Crusaders by about thirty. I'm hoping it's it's about that, but it could be fifty. <laughs> All right, I'm hoping a bit less. Maybe two scores. I think would be semi respectable. Respectable. But let's get into the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. Now we actually had two match of the rounds for this week. Um, the voting was too close across all the different platforms, so we decided to talk in a bit more detail about both the Chiefs and the Brumbies. 
and the Hurricanes and the Reds. So let's start off with the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. There are a few significant team changes here. Actually, I guess the most significant bit of news for the Chiefs is the fact that there isn't a change for them at number 10. With Damian McKenzie having his ribs realigned by Levi Amua near the uh, start of the second half, um, he copped an absolute hit but has been listed as ready to play, which is fantastic for Mitch's fantasy rugby team. And Quinn Tupai is out after sustaining a concussion. He's been replaced by Rameka Pohipi. So there's a few changes as well throughout the team, but they're probably the major ones there. Um, Brumbies have a pretty stacked lineup for the match. No major changes, if I can recall properly there. Um, So either way, this is going to be an absolute cracker of a game. It's a replay of the semi-final that they faced last year in Hamilton. So this will be neutral ground. Lockie, match of the round. You reckon the Brumbies are going to get up for this one? I do. I've tipped him in a nail-biter, and here's why. They have one of the great rivalries that's blossoming in this new Super Rugby Pacific era. Uh, two losses last year that the Brumbies copped, including that semi-final, and a loss at home, which is a rare thing for the Brumbies these days. But in 2022, Brumbies went over and smacked the Chiefs around in Hamilton. So there's a really nice sort of one-two punch going there between these teams, both naming largely unchanged sides, both coming off derby wins. I reckon this is going to be a belter plenty of forward punch, two really big packs going at it. And when you look at that back row in particular, you got the likes of Luke Jacobson coming up against um, Charlie Kale, Rob Valentini, Lukey Reimer had an absolute belter in his first round with all those turnovers. And this is going to be a really physical affair. So honestly, I think it's going to go right down to the wire. I can see that matchup between McKenzie and Lolaseo from the tee having a huge impact. And it's not going to be more than three or four points. Um, Mitch, what do you reckon on this one? Yeah, if I if the the fact like Ando mentioned that DMAC is starting for them and is, is available again for a second week is just massive for the Chiefs. We saw last week against the Crusaders that when once he went off, that's when the Crusaders got ascendancy and got back into that game. The Chiefs were managed to hang on and, and get the win, but they weren't the same side without him. So any side that's got DMAC in it, I think across Super Rugby Pacific is probably well and truly a, a, on their way to winning a game. Uh, this is such a huge game for the Brumbies, not just for themselves, but also for Australian rugby. It's the true litmus test of where we sit. Has there been any improvement? Have the Kiwis fallen off a little bit? Have we caught up? Uh, if we look at the preparation for both of these teams, the Chiefs getting the victory last week against the Crusaders in a very tight affair is probably the best preparation for a, a grudge match that you can get the Brumbies scoring 30 plus points against an insipid rebel side is not a great preparation coming into the te- the table topping chiefs so in for that reason alone I think the chiefs probably start a few points ahead uh, I would love to see the Brumbies stick with them and if I, I mean I, I want to say that it's going to be a really tight game but I can see the chiefs winning this by at least 10 points yeah, and when we look at a couple of key matchups across the ground as well, we've already mentioned the back row, a couple of players, but I just wanted to kind of do a bit of a comparison. So we're going to have Luke Jacobson, Kalen Boshi, and Sam Penny Finau for the Chiefs going up against Charlie Kale, um, Luke Reimer, and Bobby Valentini. So when we consider those three matchups, although... I think Luke Reimer has been excellent in what we've seen of him so far from his appearances off the bench for the Brumbies last year. I wouldn't be saying that he and Charlie Kale are kind of like top-tier super rugby players yet, and they're going up against quality, 
quality. And so for mine, I just think in a couple of key positions, the Chiefs just have the edge just over the Brumbies. Um, For me, it'll be Chiefs by about seven, but it's going to be an incredibly tightly fought affair. And Lockie, we've spoken to the 10 battle. We've spoken to the back row. Are there any other tasty matchups that you're particularly keen to see take the field this weekend? I'm actually frothing for the second row battle. I would have loved if Quintu Pyre had been named. I know he's a center, but he's got that great little argy-bargy going on there. Um, but, of course, Darcy um, Darcy Swain wasn't named in the side either. It's dropped straight out. So that big rivalry is gone. Um, sorry to the Chiefs fans who want to see Darcy Swain's head on a platter. Matchup, though, is still second row. And we've got Nick Frost and Tom Hooper, both Wallabies, coming up against a gun pairing of Menaki Sylvie Rickett and Tupo Vai. Not sure if you watched any of that Chiefs game, but first half, Tupo Vai could not be tackled. Incredible feat in general play for a man of his size and really strong at the line-out as well. So a really big test for Frosty and Hoops to see if they can take their Wallabies experience and really put it to a second-row pairing that's on the rise out of the Chiefs. Very well said. And now we're going to move to our final match of the weekend, which is also the final match for our podcast, which is going to be... (coughs) Sorry, just had to cough there. Hurricanes versus the Reds. And this is going to be an incredibly tough match. Lockie, I believe that you mentioned today that the the Reds have not beaten the Hurricanes in, what, 10 years? Yeah, to be 11 now. Our last win that the Reds got was in 2013. It was Digby Iwani and Rob Simmons scoring tries in an 18-13 win at Suncorp. So, decade of pain. Decade of cane pain for the Reds. And it's going to be a huge task to see if they can finally end it. Uh, there's some optimism, I would say. I think the Reds' performance was pretty good without being incredible against the Waratahs. But the Canes' attacking flair was on full display over at the force. So I think we're going to see a pretty interesting matchup here, especially when we look at scrum time. Uh, the Canes had the luxury of bringing Tyrell Lomax off the bench against the force, and he's your incumbent All Blacks tight head. He is going to have a huge matchup against Alex Hodgman, fellow Kiwi, plus Matty Fazler and Zane Nongor. So heaps to look forward to there. Obviously, Asafa Almoa, um, the uh, All Blacks hooker, also in that starting front row for the Canes. So a huge battle up front, which I'm super excited for. And then when you look at wide, Mitch, there's stacks of talent on both sides. Yeah, I think one thing that taking away from the Reds' performance against the Waratahs last week and the area that I'm kind of concerned about for them is their defense. Uh, they let the Waratahs score some pretty opportunistic tries through just simple errors um, that if they allow those types of lapses against the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes will score points against them. And uh, like realistically, the Reds, the Reds last week were really, really strong in attack. Like they scored some really, really exciting tries, some absolute like highlight reel moments from them. So I'm not worried about them being able to score points, but I am worried about them keeping out the big ball carriers of the Hurricanes pack. And if they can't find ways to get the ball, like ball in hand. So we know last week that Fraser McWright, uh, Harry Wilson, uh, Liam Wright as well, like the, the back row for the Reds was just having a field day. I expect this week that the Hurricanes are going to make sure that they contain their ball and, and don't make it as easily accessible as the Waratahs did last week. So if the Reds can't get their hands on the pill and they're defending for large periods of this game, 
I do worry that the Hurricanes will just rack up lots and lots of points and that the Reds won't be able to catch back up to them. Yeah, very well said. And I think that leads us into the kind of question of the key players and the key matchups throughout the game. And I think the 9-10 combos are pretty tasty when they face against each other. So the Canes will have Cam Roygaard, who was the breakout player of Super Rugby 2023, and Brett Cameron going up against Tate McDermott and Tom Liner. Now, Tom Liner was fairly, fairly impressive in his first game for the season and kind of the first opportunity he's had, as far as I can recall, to kind of start and take the reins for the Reds. Um, I was I was happy with his performance, but I'm not sure how he's going to go up against an absolutely brutal and physical pack that is going to be running at him every single time he gets the ball. Lockie? Yeah, he would be calling on that Reds back row to be running um, a bit of security for him. They did a fairly good job against the Tars, but uh, Rongers, Fraser McWright and Harry Wilson are going to have to step up and really protect him with players like, oh, geez, Peter Lackey and Braden Yossi running at you. You don't want that as a 10. So big matchup there. But for me, the biggest matchup is at 12 this week. You've got Geordie Barrett playing his 100th Super Rugby game, all of them with the Hurricanes. So congratulations to him. And he's coming up against the HP source, Hunter Paisami, the bone collector. Can they collide will we see fireworks in the middle i certainly hope so because they're both big they're both physical and whoever gets more front football for their team is putting them in a really good position to win that game so expecting fireworks if there's anything we learned last week that hunter by sami seems to have a bit of a get out of jail free card so if he can do a few more of those high (laughs) shots on geordie barrett particularly (laughs) early on and get him out of the game with a concussion then uh i think the the reds are a long way getting back into the into the fight there. One um, area, particularly the back three, I'm kind of concerned about for the Reds is Suli Vunavalu. We've seen throughout the last few years that he struggled defensively for the Reds and putting him up against the back three of the Hurricanes is quite, um, I think, risky from Les Kiss. Like if there's one player that I'm not 100% certain on his ability to read uh, the the defense or the attack from the opposition and be in the right position to stop, that's the one player. So Sully could be found out there and that's that's an issue. The other um, area too that I am concerned or probably interested about for the Reds is how they front up for their first Kiwi matchup. We've seen that last few seasons they've gone nearly a whole season without beating the Kiwis apart from that one, um, that one victory against the Chiefs late on in the season. But Les Kiss has never coached against, as a head coach, has never coached against a Kiwi side. And when we spoke to him in, in the preview, he kind of said like, yeah, when we asked him around, you know, are you going to change your game plan for the Kiwis? Do you do things differently? He's like, oh, that's a good question. Actually, I haven't really thought about that yet. I don't know yet. We'll find out when we get there. And so he's learning about going up against Kiwis week in, week out, which is any coach in Super Rugby Civic, particularly Australian coaches who are coming back from overseas. It's such a unique um, aspect of our tournament. So it'll be really interesting to see if there are changes from the game plan to what they did last week that worked so well against the Tars to see if they do things differently to contain, to contain the Chiefs, uh, the Hurricanes this week. Look, it's an exciting time. Um, Queensland haven't got a great record against New Zealand teams. We know that they're two wins and 14 losses since the start of 2021. So if that gives you any indication of the mountain they have to climb, I don't know what else will. Nevertheless, Reds hat back on. I am tipping my boys to break the decade of pain of Kane Payne. I reckon the Reds are going to get out in a thriller. Reds by two. Very well said. Mitch? I think if there is a team that I'm most excited about their chances against a Kiwi opposition this weekend, it's the Reds. And maybe it is just the way that they played last week or the fact that the the 
fans are getting behind them and the talk is of Queensland, the resurgence up there. So I'm going to go with the Reds too. Uh, I'll say a Reds by one. Ooh, very well said. I'm going to change the script a little bit. Sorry, guys. I cannot see them getting up against the Canes Ooh. after the performance Ooh. of the Canes showed last week. So with their back row changes, I'm going to go Canes by about five. Okay, so it's going to be tight, but Canes by five. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this wind-up for round two of the Super Rugby Pacific season. Thanks for being with us. Mitch, Lockie, thanks for joining, and I hope everybody has a wonderful week, and I hope every single of our picks gets up in some multiverse where in some all way. our different decisions can possibly happen. <laughs> so, gentlemen, have a great weekend, and all the best to the Aussie rugby teams. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.